0: Robert thanks so much for joining us here on the Legends series now we were just chatting already but you're in Edinburgh and are you safe and well up there?
1: Yep all good um going a bit stir crazy like everybody is <laughs> but uh yeah there's not much you can do just uh keeping bunker down I'm I'm lucky that I've I've got quite a lot of stuff I can be getting on with and a lot of stuff remotely so I've not got to the point of getting bored yet and my list of things I'm going to do during lockdown I've I've uh, barely started.
0: <laughs> yeah I know everybody's on the household chores at the moment but actually you've been doing something else as well haven't you? You've been doing your safety training and you've managed to change um, Richard's game into rally stages to teach with so tell us I've seen lots of people talking about this on the internet so everyone's very impressed so tell us a little bit about
1: that. Oh uh, well, that's good um, yeah so I'm, I'm president of the FIA's Closed Road Commission which uh, it doesn't really describe what it does. It's basically all um, safety on events that don't take place on closed circuits. So rally, cross country, hill climb, et cetera. And one of the um, projects that we have going at the moment is to create training for rally safety delegates. So obviously we've got Michelle Mouton on the world championship, and now Nicholas is is her assistant. But what we want to do is is um, create more people with this, the same knowledge. We want to clone Michelle so that uh, <laughs> so we've got the, 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 the knowledge all over the world and in the regions. And um, through my training company, ESP, Elite Sports Performance, uh, Brian, my business partner and I put together some training that we were due to deliver in Geneva as as the kind of rollout for this in April. So obviously, that didn't happen. so we've had to we've had to take it online, but we were we were looking, even if we delivered the training physically, we're looking at how do you assess safety delegates? How do you put safety delegates into um, the their real world of decision making? And there was various suggestions from trying to do augmented reality video to uh, get a load of actors and take them out and film a piece of road and get them standing <laughs> in silly places. Etc. And I thought, okay, can we do this virtually? So I spoke to John Armstrong, who's um, not just a, a real rally driver, but also a, a past EWRC champion. And John pointed me in the direction of a, uh, a really interesting piece of software, which is snappily titled Bob's Track Builder. <laughs> um, and you can, I know you couldn't make it up, could you? Uh, and you can build rally stages. So the benefit of this is I've built some short stages. It was a pretty deep, dark rabbit hole to learn the software. But once I mastered it, you can build rally stages, which you can then um, put tape in the right place, wrong place, spectators, right place, wrong place. So it's really a fantastic tool to be able to create scenarios that you can then use to both teach, but also to have some form of assessment for the safety delegate training.
0: Okay, sounds very interesting, and as as you said, been keeping you busy. But obviously the reason we've got you on is uh, all about the history, and you were certainly around in the heyday of rally and had some amazing experiences. So the two thousand and one world champion with uh, Richard Burns. but we want to know a bit of gossip really. We want to know first of all, your first win in New Zealand, your first real big win. I hear that the celebrations were kind of wild.
1: <laughs> yeah, they were a bit. Uh, <laughs> well we we said we parted hard twice on the same night okay um which is a bit of an interesting one uh we were due richard myself and our gravel crew at the time so beef michael park and uh simon Davison. we decided we were going to go on a small holiday afterwards and we were (laughs) going to come back via hawaii nice so we won in new zealand partied hard got on a plane the next morning so, partied hard Sunday night in Auckland. Got on a plane Monday morning. Arrived in Hawaii Sunday afternoon. Nice. And partied again.
0: That's impressive. That's impressive. Okay. Well, you must have so many memories. What is the standout memory that you know you were on safari? You've done so many of the amazing, iconic rallies. So, what's that big memory for you?
1: I think it has to be. Um, it has to be winning the championship. I mean that's your that's your goal that's what you you know what you're driven to do literally and um, to eventually do it. I think the biggest disappointment was for me personally was not winning in 2000. Yeah. Uh, we went to GB. We had to win the rally to stand a chance of winning, but Marcus did enough and he won the championship. And I was I was quite down after that. I really took it took it hard and. You know it shows the difference between Richard and I. Richard bounced back really quickly and it didn't mean to say he didn't care, yeah. but just the you know the way he could turn on and off concentration and focus whereas I just put the blinkers on and uh, and you know really hunker down and get on with it and and I took it badly so to go the next year with you know a, a similar situation but us having the upper hand was uh, was fantastic to you know to pull that off.
0: Yeah, for sure. And you were co-driver for, well, Colin as well, but for Richard for the whole of his career. So what was he like as a person? What was your dynamic? What was it like working together that whole time?
1: Um, He was very different from me. Uh, He's very introverted. And uh, to be honest, he was bloody hard work most of the time. Uh, Very precise, uh, very demanding And a lot of people misinterpreted him. There was a lot of people who did find him very hard to work with. And um, you know, a couple of people have said to me over the period that once you understood what drove him and why he was asking you to do things, then you understood him better, and you know, would give him 100%, because that's what he demanded of himself, not just all those round about him, you know, and. I think, you know, famously, his pace note system was really, really complex. You know, Colin might have a dozen calls of corner severity. We had 28. Okay. So um, just when I obviously when you're doing all the rallies, it, it's kind of cyclical. You, you get to the end, you decide to make a change. So you decide to call something something different for for a good reason. It takes you a year to go through all the events and all the notes <laughs> yeah. to make all these changes. So every time Richard said, I've been thinking, you knew there was a year of pain coming from that particular <laughs> aspect. And he wouldn't just do it every year. You know, most events he'd be going, yeah, I've been thinking there's a better way of doing this. So he was yeah. really striving for perfection. And, and you know, you could argue that he perhaps wasn't as natural as somebody like Colin was, um, but you couldn't uh, disagree that he certainly put a lot of effort in.
0: Okay, well, talk us through Rally Safari, because you won it 20 years ago to this year, and uh, it's certainly a spectacular event, so what can someone expect that's never really heard about Rally Safari? What's it like?
1: Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, it'll be a bit different uh, you know, this year, assuming it runs, than, than when we were doing it, but you know, we, the first year we did it, or well, the first two years we did it, we did it with um, a Japanese Subaru team in, in a Group N car. Uh, and that was that was very eye-opening. You know, we'd, we'd won the British Championship, and then pretty shortly afterwards we'd been packed off to Kenya in a Group N car and, you know, Thailand and Asia Pacific in a, in a Group A car. So it was it was really eyes wide open stuff. Um, but, I mean, Kenya's just a fantastic country, just unlike anything else. I remember the first time we landed in uh, Nairobi, uh, there was one of the team came to pick us up. And we're driving into the workshop in Nairobi from the airport. And Richard asked a very honest question, which will sound <laughs> a bit silly. But he said, what side of the road are you meant to drive on here? And the guy who was driving <laughs> us into town said, the side with no potholes. Okay. (laughs) uh, you know, and and I can remember coming in, flying into Nairobi. It was always it was always really exciting flying into Nairobi and, you know, looking out the window. And if it was really green, you knew it'd been a very rainy season and it'd probably be rough as hell. You know, if it wasn't as green, then it might not be so rough. And uh, just the, the adventure of the whole thing. The test was an adventure. The recce was an adventure. You know, the rally first year we did it was was five days long and went down to the coast. So, you know, a bit a bit shorter, more compact now, but um, probably no less of an adventure.
0: Yeah, definitely. Well, it would certainly be exciting. But there's some rallies that maybe you'd like to see come back or some that you didn't quite make it to. Would you have liked to have gone to Japan or would you like to see Cyprus come back? What are the rallies that you think on the calendar you'd like to see come back?
1: um Cyprus was never a favourite, so we'll give that one a pass. <laughs> we'll give that one a, that one a miss. <laughs> Just slow, twisty, hot, dusty. Probably didn't help that Richard really didn't like it. He 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 overheated in these situations, which made the the uh, everything in the car not not so pleasant. I mean, for me, I never did uh, Japan. Been to Japan as a country and and love it. So would would have liked to have done an event there. I mean. The the one that I am most excited about for twenty twenty is New Zealand. Um yeah, for sure. just absolutely love New Zealand as a country, uh, the roads and there's something about the long haul events. You know, when you're doing the whole championship, a European event, you can kinda of come in last minute, do the rally, go home and I get the impression from all the people I know in racing, it's a bit like, it's a bit like their schedule. You know, it's, it's kind of airport hotel, circuit hotel, circuit hotel, airport, home. And, <laughs> yeah. and a lot of them say that sometimes they've got to pinch themselves and wonder what country they're in. And, and some of the European rallies can be a bit like that, but you know, you spend 24 hours on an airplane, you get to New Zealand, you've got to acclimatize. It's such a fantastic country. It's so welcoming. I mean, I think being a Scot maybe maybe helps a little bit. It uh, does
0: because half my family are from New Zealand, but they're also Scottish, so it does help.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. So, so you know, that was the one that I really enjoyed. First, first big win. You know, it wasn't a it wasn't a World Championship event. It was a an F2 event that year. But it was Asia Pacific, but you know, it's a one also again in uh, in 2001. There, I just got some some really good memories.
0: Yeah definitely well when you're actually out on the rally what's it like in New Zealand because the fans from New Zealand are you know avid fans and everybody's been so excited so what are the stages like is it really that spectacular?
1: Yeah it is and you know fans wise you don't see that many because there aren't that many people generally but you know those you do see are very friendly very knowledgeable uh, you know really into into the sport but I think it's the it's the characteristic of the roads. It's the fact that they're gravel roads, but they're public roads. Um, they've got a lot of camber. You can carry a lot of speed. Um, they're, they're just they're a challenge, you know, a, a true challenge for a driver. Whereas somewhere, you know, I won't I won't name and shame particularly, but you know, somewhere more generic isn't really such a challenge to go to.
0: Yeah. Okay, well, big moments. We obviously saw Oytaneks in Monte Carlo, a big, big big moment there for him, a big crash. What were your big moments? You had a a big incident in Finland, but what are the ones that really stick out to you?
1: Yeah, Finland was certainly one from a number of angles and reasons. Um, I actually think, had we settled for second behind Marcus that year, that was 2000, then we would have been champions. So I think pushing to try and beat Marcus was probably the wrong thing to do with hindsight. If we'd pulled it off, it would have been the right thing to do. But that incident was rather bizarre because we'd actually crossed the finish line of the stage, the flying finish. And uh, I radioed when we were upside down in the bushes to say we'd gone off the road. And... Simon, um, uh, our engineer, Crikey, we called him. Uh, he, who's now um, one of the race engineers at uh, Mercedes Formula One. So Simon, I uh, radioed Simon and said we've gone off the road. And he said, Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I've got your time. It's all fine. You know, how much fuel do you want at the next service? I said, No, 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 we've, we've crashed. He said, No, but I've, I've got your time. I, I know everything's okay. No. We crashed between the flying finish and the stop line, and there was just silence on the on the radio. Because I think, although that time was never officially published, that would have been enough to take us into the lead of the event. So that was that was one, and the other big one was New Zealand again, actually, in in 2002, um, which was another one that was a bit stupid. We uh, so everything's Richard was really sensible, but you know there were some not quite sensible moments. We were leading uh, the event by 45 seconds, like absolutely dominating. And on the second day, we uh, we crashed out, uh, vaulted a, a gate into a field. It's quite a big, quite a big crash. Um, so that was disappointing as well.
0: Yeah, definitely. Now I've seen your write-ups on Instagram. Your memory of every single rally is just spectacular. How have you managed to remember every single moment so clearly, so, so many years on? It's quite impressive.
1: Yeah, I I actually when I was when I was doing that, I, I've got this kind of love-hate relationship with social media. You know, it's great. <laughs> I think we all do. Yeah. It's great that everybody you know remembers and all that. But sometimes, you know, you just get bombarded. You know, it'll be the 20th anniversary of this or that or the next thing. And I'm just like, oh, you know, it's just a bit too much. So I thought, okay, how can I control that a bit better? And and, and the idea was just take the responsibility for it and put the stuff out there yeah. rather than responding. So I started off by by doing it and I, I went for about six months doing it. Um, But I actually had to do quite a lot of research. So i would been looking for videos online of the event or reports or looking at the stage times just to remind myself and there are without doubt many many people out there who are huge fans of wrc and rallying and richard who know much more about my competition (laughs) history than i do
0: yeah they're for sure the fans know so much it's so impressive now you must miss Richard every day what are your your very special memories the memories that keep you sort of smiling
1: yeah I think it's you know Richard as a person uh, I think is uh, as much as anything and um, ironically Richard when he was ill because he just had no pretenses at that point you know his guard had dropped um he he wanted me around i spent a lot of time with him um so i think yeah just you know Richard's a person's kind of away from events you know we went we, i think it was after australia and new zealand it must have been after new zealand one year we all went down to south africa for robbie head's wedding mm-hmm. um you know and just spending a week down there for the wedding relaxing but i mean richard but also colin and you know, all the guys that, that we were kind of in, in the circus with, as it were. Um, so just to get to spend that sort of time with, with people rather than, you know, the, the kind of day-to-day uh, competition pressures that we were all under.
0: Yeah, for sure. Okay, well, you've mentioned Colin. You actually co-drove for him, and I've been told to ask you about the time in a uh, Mark II while he was operating the Windscreen Rippers driving flat out.
1: Yeah, we, um, <laughs> it's it's a story that's been told a few times now, but so it was actually my local event, and uh, I wasn't doing it. I mean, I, I had known Colin for for years. I think there's pictures of me at his 18th birthday party with a ridiculous side parting and various things in, in, in lots of books. So I'd, I'd known Colin just through being about rallying in uh, in, in in Scotland. And I co drove with Robbie, Robbie Head, who was one of Colin's uh, best mates. So was kind of uh, in in that crew. And um, Colin rang me up one day and said, "You know, you fancy doing the event?" And I said, "Yeah, let's 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 go and do it." So we went. And did what was the Hackle Rally at that point was the, the name of it. Um, it then became the Colin McRae Rally uh, latterly. And we were we used his Uncle Uncle Shug's Mark to escort, and to say this thing was a bit rough would have been an understatement. <laughs> and we we set off from from Perth, and uh, Colin, when he phoned me up, he said I've got some old remold tires in the garage, and Shug's going to give me the car, and you know it's not going to cost as much money to do it. So we set off from Perth up to the first stage, which would only be about I don't know 10 15 miles up the road. The time we got there there was two inches of water in the foot wells. I mean it was a horrible wet day. And <clears throat> there's one particular parish stage called um called Drummond Hill, which is which is very very famous for the big drops that it has. And <clears throat> there's a road across the middle of it, a diagonal roads very fast. And we're coming down there, and I'm reading maps. There's no pace notes at this point. <laughs> it's uh, it's reading a 1 to 25,000 map with a, a magnifier on my on my lap, and I'm I'm reading this road down there, and I notice Colin leaning over to my side of the car. Can't really work out what's going on, but it, I got to concentrate because we're probably going as fast as we can in a Mark II Escort, a Mark II. 2-litre Escort, not a a Group 4 car or anything. Mm. Um, So we keep going down, and and I just am very aware, almost to the point of I start moving out of his way as he's (laughs) leading the And I always want to slap him and go, Craig, what the hell are you doing? And I glance up, and the windscreen wiper on his side, the spring is obviously not been that tight, and it's lifting off the windscreen. So the only one he can see out of is the one on my side (laughs) of the car. So we're doing i don't know best part of 90 100 miles an hour whatever it was and he's loosening his belts leaning across driving <laughs> lifting off the throttle was probably the last thing in his mind um but we went on and we won the event to the great surprise of everyone else and lots of cries of you know robert had local knowledge he knew that those remote tires would be the best rather than that's <laughs> what was lying in the back of the McGray garage um, and we beat, you know, Jimmy Gervin in a, a four-wheel drive Celica. We beat guys in Group 4 Escorts. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it was obviously Colin had, a, had a, a good growing reputation at that point. But still, it was, uh, you know, it was a giant killing giant killing day in the Scottish Persia forests.
0: Yeah, it sounds like it. Now, was there a time where you just thought, what am I doing? Because being a co-driver... You've got to be fairly brave alongside everything else were there any moments you just thought have i made the right choice
1: um probably i can't really <laughs> recall any particular ones you know usually um i mean you know touch we were lucky we didn't really have that many big accidents i got a couple of broken ribs and a and a cracked sternum to to a for my time in a rally car and a back that seemed better days, but, you know, I didn't didn't really have any any real, you know, serious injuries. But um, I always used to say that when you do have an accident, uh, the longer the silence within the accident, potentially the bigger the next thud is going to be um, as the car rolls. So I think in what seemed to be long silences in the middle of accidents, were probably a time, if ever there was, to think, what the hell am I doing?
0: <laughs> yeah, those are the moments. Now, you obviously co-drove uh, for both Colin and Richard. This rivalry that was obviously played out, how real was it?
1: I, within the space of, I think, three months, I co-drove for Colin, Alistair, and Richard.
0: Goodness, OK.
1: <laughs> so I, I think I'm the only one who has co-driven for all of them there's a couple of people that have driven for both co-driven co- 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 for colin and alistair's there's, co- there's one other person who's co-driven for richard and alistair but i think i'm the only one who's co-driven for all three um yeah there was rivalry of course there was rivalry yeah. but it was you know that the certain members of the press were doing their best to make it antagonistic and um you know richard used to used to laugh at colin and and say you know i know you really love me McRae, because you know if you didn't you wouldn't be phoning me up at three o'clock in the morning when you were drunk <laughs> um you know and, and there's some great pictures there's a great colin mcmaster picture of the two of them hugging uh and and colin and i have have got uh, we've each got a copy or the only two signed copies of that picture by by both of them so it's a really special memento. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and when we went, I mentioned Robbie Head's wedding down South uh, Africa. Um, Colin and Richard shared a house with their respective girlfriends, and, well, Zoe and Alison. And, 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 you know, I mean, that was an absolute riot because Richard <laughs> wanted to sit down and have a cup of tea and McCray was all for cracking the second bottle of vodka. Um, <laughs> so, they, again, they were very different, but they, they had a lot of respect for each other and were actually, you know, good friends. It would be unusual for us not to have dinner with Colin at least once on a recce of an event. So, um, you know, it certainly wasn't the painful rivalry that it was made out to be.
0: Yeah, it sounds like it. Well, for you, is there anybody current day, as we look to the future of WRC, is there anybody that you would love to sit next to and co-drive for? And who do you think out there is just spectacular? I mean, OIT obviously is breathtaking at times.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I, my days of co-driving have well and truly passed. <laughs> right? So I, There's nobody I would want to jump in a car with, that's for sure. But yeah, I mean, again, may sound a bit cliche, but OIT... I think is is the one because I worked with OIT. So through my training company, Elite Sports Performance, um, we ran the uh, driver development part of the Star, uh, Star Driver competition. So worked with OIT and with Hayden and some of these guys, Craig Breen. You know when they when they were coming through, and I'm I'm really really good friends with Marco Martin. Yeah. And when he'd packed Oit off to um, M-Sport to do a bit of work experience. Um, Marco phoned me up one day and he said, um, you know, there's not much going on down in Cockermouth at the weekends and uh, Oit's a bit bored. Do you mind if I I get him to come up and spend the weekend? And uh, so Oit came up when I was living up in Persia on the farm and uh, came up for a couple of nights and we just kind of hung out and um he didn't really seem to want to do that much and um we just went for a tour around the farms and he didn't seem that interested just (laughs) a typical oit fashion um so he he set off back down to to cumbria and marco phoned me and he said he said oh that's amazing oit had a really really good time he really (laughs) enjoyed himself and you know thank you so much for doing that because he was getting a bit bored so um you know he's the one i know best of yeah. the, the current current crop so um yeah he's the one who i'm i'm uh, really pleased to see doing so well
0: yeah of course okay well thank you so much for taking the time and sharing all of your stories obviously interesting times in the world so we'll see how 2020 develops and hope you stay safe up in scotland as well
1: yeah thank you very much